Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good evening and welcome to the Gallant Few Premier League podcast. Um, my name is Jamie Royals. I'm hosting tonight's session, um, and uh, we're a bit like short. We're a bit light-handed tonight. Um, I feel like Mum and Dad has gone away for the evening and left me and my guest at George. Um, I've got my guest Johnny, um, who you've obviously been prevalent in the last few weeks on the podcast. Johnny, how's things been going? Uh, great, mate. Great. It's, it's good to be back. Good uh, man. No Desert leaders, but I'm sure we'll yep. be fine. Uh, the usual Colin, Mason, and Graham that uh, decided that they've got other things to attend to tonight. So it was very much mum um, and dad are away out, kids. So uh, don't break anything. So we thought we'd have a bash at doing this podcast just ourselves. Um, so, uh, I, yeah, as ever, what we're looking to do is just have a quick chat about some of the news regarding the, fa- uh, the Premier League go- that's going on at the moment. Um, for those that don't know, the Premier League kicks off a week on Friday. Um, we've got Friday Night Football as the opening game. Um, so really looking forward to that. But in terms of some of the most important news that's going on right now, um, Johnny, it's hard to kind of get away from Saudi. You know, it's kind of, I feel like we're obviously been talking about it week on week at the moment. Um, we've seen an exodus of players now that have moved to Saudi Arabia. Um, and I'm not going to lie, some of these teams are starting to look pretty decent um, in terms of attacking lineups. Um, I think the most recent ones to have gone, or the, shall we say the biggest names to have gone in the last week, has been Liverpool's own number six, Fabinho. Um, he's obviously joined Robert Firmino, Roberto Firmino, out in this out, out in the Saudi state. Um, the Firmino one, I know we, Fabinho one, sorry, I know we touched on that a little last week. Um, how big of a miss is that going to be for Liverpool at the moment, John? I think it is, mate. Um, touched on it before. I do think it's a loss. Um, I don't think uh, Henderson was a huge loss for for Liverpool, but Fabinho has been a mainstay, and he plays what the vast majority of games. Yeah. Um, he's consistent. He doesn't get injured much. So yeah, he is going to be a miss. Um, they've got time to replace. Um, for what we'll probably discuss, they are trying to do that now, but. 
the Saudi has this power, and the power is money. Um, it's unavoidable. Uh, it, you throw enough money at players, the loyalty, and that is going to come into question, and it will go. Uh, there's no very few players that are going to say no to that kind of money. It is life-changing. So it's it's understandable, but it's also a wee bit sad as well, because I, I believe that's uh, Mendy. Mendy went to the same club, is that right? Uh, yes, that's right, the, the Chelsea goalkeeper. Yeah, um, about, is it Mares? It's Mares as well. Yep, he's, he joined as well. Uh, Saint Max. Saint Max. Well. That, I think so, the, the team Roberto Firmino. Those ones. I think Fabinho's yeah. joined uh, Benzema's team. Right. Okay. I, I, think think he's alongside, I, think, I think he's alongside Benzema, from what I understand, and uh, the ex-Wolves manager, the Portuguese lad that was at um, Nuno Espirito. Espirito. Yeah. 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 I think he's the manager of the of the team that um that Fabinho's went to. Um so there's obviously a bit of links there as well. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm with they're you, probably think, the one that signed the most. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think you know, we were always gonna go through a midfield shuffle, but nobody anticipated it would be Henderson and Fabinho. We anticipated it would have been your Nabi Keitas and your James Milners, which obviously all happened at the very start of the window. Um Disappointed to lose uh, Fab. I think he's been brilliant for us. I suppose the only solace I can take away from it is that we got the same money we paid for him and we probably got his best years out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing who we bring in. Obviously, the chat is around two names at the moment. Um, we've got the, the Rad Roma Lavia um, from Southampton and it looks to be um, a second bid has been knocked back. From my understanding, it's around about 43 million with add-ons. And I think Southampton are looking for a package that reads up to 50 million. So it's not like we're very far away from each other. So I would anticipate that one does get done. Um, and then the second one is there's um, a Brazilian lad over in Fluminense that Liverpool are apparently approached, Andrade. I'm not going to lie, I don't know much about this lad at all. I'd have to do a bit of digging. Um, but I'd see that one probably more of a project than uh, kind of walk straight into the team. Um, does it worry you, though? Um, obviously, we, we talked about Henderson and Fabinho going. Liverpool have brought in Sobislai, McAllister, who can play within the central midfield. If Lavia comes in, I mean, that's a whole new midfield. I don't know many teams that can go into a new season with a completely new midfield and kind of hit the floor running. There's got to be that embedding period, isn't there? Yeah, I think my worry would be for the defensive side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know attacking players can you, not always, but a lot of the time they can fit in to most leagues. Um, they know what they have to do. Um, basically, they're looking to set up or score goals. Mm-hmm. Defensively, I think you have a, you need to be far more switched on and far more aware of what's going on around you. So that would be my concern. Um, Lavia, I agree, it's probably going to take the 50 million. I think Southampton are, are quite <coughs> stubborn with it. They've already said they don't want to lose their players on the cheap because they went down. Um, is it an immediate replacement? He's still quite young and it hasn't, I think it's one season. Um, yeah. Just one season, wasn't it? But we do know he knows the league. Um, but it's a different... I think it's a different uh, fight when you're trying to stay up, whereas when you're trying to cha- mount a title challenge. I think that's yeah. a completely different ballgame. So, yeah, I would agree. Um, having a, a brand-new midfield, is it does have a red flag. I mean, it's exciting. Um, they've signed really well, and it is exciting. But I think you need time to gel, to bed in... Um, so, yeah, that could be could be a worry. But, I mean, right now, given that Henderson and Fabinho did go, they kind of don't have a lot of options. 
and they've let a lot of the a lot sorry they've let a lot of the fringe go as well. A lot of them they needed to let go. Um, one to free up a wage, but two they just had too much players that were nowhere near the caliber, and they're trying to do that. So I would say my hope would be if I was a Liverpool fan would be not for it to be a transition season and hopefully they they kick on you know from the off. Yeah, I don't know if you're aware, but they also named Virgil Van Dijk now the new captain of Liverpool. Um, but I think it's, I think it's crucial that they've they've also named Trent as the as the vice captain rather than Robertson. Uh, I thought Robertson was always going to be the shoehorning, but he's went with Trent. That tells me he's probably going to stick him in the midfield. He is probably going to persist with this midfield where he's going to be more uh, around all the action, what's going on. So I, I think I think he's now open to trying new things. For example, Curtis Jones, he's hoping for a, se- a season where Curtis Jones is not injured and he can play that midfield role. I think he's probably going to go with you know a lot more of the younger people than we would have anticipated. And he's, as you said, Fingers crossed it's not a transition season. It's one that we just hit the floor running and go with it. Mm. Um, I think there'll be elements of... I think there'll be elements of... Uh, with the amount of strike force we have available to us, I think there'll be elements of um, you score three, we'll score four to get the three points. Yeah. You know, rather than winning twos and three nils. I don't see that kind of season being what's in front of us. It's probably going to be more of let's just outscore everybody and see how they all slot in and pick it up. Um, but... Uh, yeah, that's obviously Liverpool at the moment. We've uh, got a few days left, obviously, until the window finishes. As well as a few weeks, sorry. So I'd anticipate one or two dealings still to come in from the Liverpool point. Um, they kind of switched the, switched the, the conversation a little bit, Johnny. Here is so this one. I'm kind of keen to get your thoughts on because we've talked about West Ham in recent weeks. Um, of they've got this money to burn, but for me, I think in the last week the narrative has slightly changed. Um, there's, there was talk that um, West Ham had failed with a few offers, um, namely for um, James Ward-Prowse, um, McTominay, um, and who's the other one that escapes me? Um, there was a midfield option that they were not back. Oh, was it Paulinho? Sorry. They, they, they seem to be getting knocked back by quite a lot of people. But now the narrative has kind of switched and there's talk of unrest between the new technical director that's been brought in and potentially Moyes in terms of what targets they want to be going for. And I think as a result, I was quite surprised actually at this, is that West Ham are currently the only team in the Premier League to have not made a single transfer yet. That's mental considering... The Declan Rice deal was pretty much done the day they won the tight the, the Europa Conference League, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I'd imagine uh, the West Ham faithful are probably a bit nervous about it, and um, <clears> they've <throat> let a few go. Obviously, they've lost a captain, yeah, and the Starlet, their best player by quite a stretch. Um, but they knew he was going. They've known he was going for six months plus. You know, uh, pretty much it was not a secret. So they must, they've had time, they've had time to get targets, get stuff in place. They knew they were going, I mean, granted, didn't expect them to get the 105 million that they did, but they were still going to get at least 80. Yeah. Um, and they would have known that months and months ago. So they've had time to earmark and say, like, this is who we should be going for. But everything they touch just seems to turn to mud um, in terms of transfers anyway. they It's looking like Skamaka, he's away as well. Um, uh, I think he was Inter Milan made an approach last night, didn't they? Yeah, it's still, it's not still a bit of verbal ping pong, but I, mm-hmm. I think he'll go. 
they failed in a move for the young lad from Man City, Carlos Borges. That that's fell through. I think he's going to Ajax. So everything that comes up regarding West Ham just doesn't seem to be happening. They they lost twenty games last season. Yeah. So the obviously the Europa League, the win was fantastic by the way. Taking nothing away from that achievement. It was huge, huge for West Ham. Um it put them on the map really. But if that never happened, I think they would have been in dire straits, and I think Moyes yeah. would have been gone. Um, but I think he's gotten a wee bit of a get-to-jail-free card, so I don't know. I would be I'd be concerned if I was a fan. I don't know if he's going to take them forward or if he has the back end of that boat. Maybe something mad's going to happen in the next <clears> two <throat> weeks, but so far I am unconvinced. I'm kind of finding myself feeling a little bit sorry for David Moyes because he's in a no-win situation right now because... Let's face it, I think everybody, any, any astute fan knows David Moyes is not walking about with £105 million going, right, who wants money? You know, it's obviously up to the board and up to the people that they employ to do these things. But Moyes will be the one that people shout at when the results don't go their way. If, that's, if you know, as you said, if, if they don't strengthen, they go into the first, you know, I think, was it the transfer window finishes on the 31st of August? That's essentially three Premier League games in. If they don't mm. win the first three games, for example... Then there's going to be that mad dash on the end of the season. Then so we're going, well, we need numbers. Is David Moyes still the right man? There's something in me that tells me David Moyes should walk while he's on a high. And what mm, I mean by yeah. that is, like, the West Ham fans have got this different narrative of him right now. We're going, yes, the football was shite last year, but he won us a cup. First trophy since 1980. If he walked right now, he would be folklore. To some extent, if he if he goes into the new season, they've not made any transfers and they really struggle, they're going to go. It's Moise's fault, and that I don't think that's very fair. No, no, I would agree. Um, I think the like I said, you can't take anything away for that achievement. It's mm-hmm. massive, uh, but domestically they have to improve. Um, they sign, they don't sign well. You know, recently spent like and Graham touched on it recently. Strikers got <coughs> a bad reputation for yeah. signing Deadwood and then taking a loss. Um, that has to be rectified and obviously they need somebody in the middle of the park as well but like you say the longer it goes they fall into a kind of Everton territory where they just start bursting money on players that are dog shit really yeah. um, and just waste the money they've got and they have to invest it wisely and that's why it surprises me with all that time why they haven't had something in place and a list of targets to work down you know it just seems to be at the minute it's like they're just taking pot shots. Yeah, that, that's probably the most surprising is that, you know, take away the fact that what the fee was for Declan Rice, they knew December that they were going to let him go. They had that gentleman's agreement. You would anticipate they would have had two or three deals in the pipeline of, you know, this is a first choice, second choice, third choice. If Declan was to go, these would be the, the kind of people we bring in. I don't believe Polini was part of that list until... The end of the season, when you know, by the time by that time he'd had a good season. So the question would be asked: well, What were they doing for six, seven months prior to that? Um, it just seems a mad, strange one. And I think, you know, and, and people will talk about: Well, they know they know that they've got this money available, this this high balance, if you like. But we've seen, as you said, I think you've seen some of the names that they've been linked with. The, a youngster from Manchester City. That's not who you would anticipate to be coming in and replacing Declan Rice. Do you know, mm. the, um, the uh, I think there was talk that they were potentially talking to Harry Maguire. Again, 
You wouldn't be bringing in Harry Maguire as a Declan Rice replacement. Who who is actually pulling the strings? Is it this new technical director? Um, yeah. Because it does seem a bit all over. Yeah. The whisper was something to do with a link between Moyes and this new director. That it wasn't really a good relationship, is what I had read into. Um, I don't know how much truth there is in that mm-hmm. or not. But um, they either look, they either support them and increase that squad. It's toiling for depth and it's toiling for quality in the middle of the park. Yeah, and a striker. They either support them or move them on. Yeah. Um, one striker that has finally got himself across the line, um, by the looks of it, is the lad at Manchester United, um, Hoyland. Um, the reported sixty-four million with add-ons um, was apparently the magic number that that made Atalanta, um, you know, allow the transfer to happen. Where do we sit on the line with this lad? Because I think when I look at the when I've looked at some of the stuff on him, I mean, he's obviously a prospect. You know, it's it, this is, to me this is a this is a sixty-eight million, um, sixty-four million gamble as opposed to guarantee. And I know there's always a gamble. I just mean like with his with his age, the amount of goals he's scored so far. It's 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 like Lavia going to Liverpool. It's all right doing it at maybe Atlanta, but going to Manchester United and leading the line for them is a whole new ball game. Eric Ten Hag can't afford to just bleed him in, can he? He's gonna have to throw him in straight in from the off, isn't he? You well, if he's gonna spend that kind of money, I would assume so. Um or if the club are prepared to spend that kind of money. Um, we, we spoke about for the last couple of pods, but obviously it's far more likely now. As for what I read today, first part of the medical was today, second part is tomorrow. Um, but it's a, it's a lot of money. Uh, he's 20. Uh, like we said, as a prospect, mate, that's exactly what he is. Um, and he looks, there's really good signs I've watched fair bit of him, um, and I've done a wee bit digging when we first started talking about it. But to throw him straight in to the deep end and expect, you know, miracles to happen, I just, I'm not convinced. I think it, in the long run, it's probably going to work out. Um, but right away, I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, like we had spoke about before, pretty much for me, it's definitely the Haaland effect is part of it. Yeah. It's almost like a fear factor because they missed out. Well, they were offered talent once. They refused it for two million, which is still hilarious. Mm-hmm. Then they could have had him again when he was at Dortmund, but they didn't want to reach the fee. I think we we're talking. I think in the end it was only a few million. Again, madness, but never happened. And then they missed out. So don't want to miss out again. You know this guy, like we say, is a prospect. He has scored some goals, but for. In his senior career, I believe he's only scored a few. When yeah, he was at Stone Graz, and he's only scored, I think, eight. I think he's like 27 professional goals or something. He's scored, is it? Something like that, that, yeah. Right, okay, maybe oh, that'll be league. I'm looking at sorry, mm-hmm. yeah, you're probably right. So, I mean, it's not prolific. Um, it's a gamble, isn't it? It's, it's a big gamble, like I say, I think it's a good signing. Um, but is it our best party 70 million pound signer? Maybe that's how mad things have went. You yeah, know, things have went crazy, especially with the Saudis throwing so much money at players paying way over the odds. It's probably going to drive everything else up. Maybe that has an element of it. It's fantastic business for Atlanta yeah. because they never even played a full season. Yeah, and they're raking that money, and that is a lot of dosh. Um, but like I say, I think it is a gamble. Haaland was at a Mulder, ran riot. Borussia Dortmund, 
ran riot. There was proven there. He had played a lot of football. He had done it at international level. He played Champions League for three different teams. Two yeah, different teams they, and they'd done well. So yeah. they knew what they were buying. Yeah. Man United, I don't think they know what they're buying. I think they're buying what they what they hope might become. Yeah. Time will tell, I mean. Time will tell. But they did need a striker. Yeah. Um, and it looks as though they are potentially moving on their next target, which is reported to be Sofram Amrabat, um, the Moroccan central midfielder that's at Fiorentina. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I remember him from the World Cup, and he was arguably one of the best midfielders at the World Cup. Um, he was tenacious. He was in about the tackling. He was tracking back. He was, wasn't was the best creative, but I would be very happy with him on my, my number six. Yeah, no, I, I know a good player, mate. Um, I don't know, was there a reported fee? Um, I, they've not they've not said there's a fee yet. I think there's talk that um, they've got to maybe move on Fred first. I think Fred's right. potentially talking to Turkish teams. And I think once that gets confirmed, then they'll make an approach. I think at the moment they're talking about the potentially confirmed terms with, with Amrabat's representatives. So wage and thing like that are already confirmed. They've not made an official bid because they're still waiting to shift potentially Fred out. Um, but again, if they get him in and trade Fred in, it seems a bit of an upgrade, doesn't it? Yeah, he's a solid player. Very, very, very tidy player. Mm-hmm. Um, and clever player as well. Pretty much all the key attributes for where he plays. Yeah, they, they do they do lack um, quality. The, the, the you know a top level in that area of the pitch, and they don't really have a hell of a lot off the bench either. I mean they have players, but are they top four, top five players? I wouldn't say so. Um, but that that was so going to be mean, my next question actually, because if you look at if you look at the money Ten Hag has spent in the last two seasons, you know before the Amrabat deal, you're talking they spent nearly four hundred and fifty million pound. Mm-hmm. Surely, now I'm not putting my Liverpool head on here. Surely we can't be going into another scene saying their aim is to is to is to, to, to shorten the gap. Surely mm. there must be something more concrete at the end of that that says, no, no, we need to be in this title fight or winning cups, as an example. Mm. I just mean for two seasons they've backed him with transfers, ninety million on Anthony, you know, seventy million on a guy who got a year on his contract and Mason Mount, sixty four million on this new striker. They've went out and brought an added they're buying players that he wants, which is screaming his kind of thing. Surely he can't go into this season saying we're aiming at the top four or we're aiming to close the gap on say. No, I would agree. I think you're right. It's they have spent a lot. Uh, and they have improved. Under Ten Hag, I'll give them, you know, credit where it's due. They were they were better last season. Um, they were closer, but do I honestly think that they went from where they ended up last season to pushing City or whoever else might end up there to the final games of the season? Not yet. I, I just don't think so. I just what do you think the they done? What do you think they need done for that? Running. I think defensively, mate. I think they're poor. Okay. They look everywhere else on the pitch, but I think defensively they, they, they have some good players at the back, but they have a lot of injuries at the back too, mm-hmm. uh, especially fullbacks. I don't think the fullbacks are the best. So, I mean, we know that's fundamentals. Uh, you, defensively is pretty much where you have to start. Ice cream van outside, what's the time? <laughs> <I'm asking>? Apologies. <laughs> I know, he's going to play it again. 
So yeah, I think uh, defensively need work, but they're doing the right thing because we've always said they've had a you know a bloated squad with yeah. too many players who just aren't up to the quality, and they are trying to thin them out. But there's still a lot there. They need to move on. Fair enough. Um, okay, I'll uh, shift the, the conversation slightly back to your your favourite subject, um, Chelsea. Um, so we, we we've obviously talked to death about the fact that Chelsea still don't have a striker. But does it does it surprise you that the the, the latest news is that they're talking about a new goalkeeper? Now I know Mendy's gone on. Then the talk was that Kepa wouldn't be kept around either. Um, but apparently from latest reports is they've approached um, the lad Sanchez from uh, Brighton um, to bring him in. Does that surprise you that of that style of keeper they want to bring in, or does it surprise you that the focus is on another goalkeeper if they've still got Kepa at the club? I don't think it would be a bad sign. I okay. think they could use somebody else. I do. Um, I think Kepa, we know Kepa can either be fantastic or a bomb scare. There's no really in between with them. When he's on it, he's excellent. But a healthy competition is never a bad thing. Um, I think really a keeper far more uh, robust and solid. Somebody that they can have a bit of trust in. I don't think they have their trust in their goalkeepers at Chelsea. It's the same with Mendy. It was the same with Kepa. The, the, the defence, you know, they avoided going back to the keeper like the plague. Because yep. I don't think there was much faith there. So if they could get an experienced keeper, uh, we'd either maybe push Kepa on or just bring him in to start him. So I don't think that would be a bad addition at all. What I would question is, I, I'd say it to you midweek, that I would love to know how many goalkeepers are on the books. Because um, <laughs> knowing Chelsea, it must be a silly number. And I find it, I do find it odd that they don't bring one through. There must be somebody ready and put them under Kepa. Is competition rather than going spending the money. Um, yeah. So is it? I don't think it'd be a bad transfer, but I feel like it's an it's an avoidable. So would you would you mean avoidable as in you you would keep Kepa? I just don't think they have to make it. Okay. So it's, it's kind of I know that sounds like I'm on the fence, but I wouldn't be gutted if they brought him in. I don't think it'd be bad, but I would say if they have, they must have something. In the in the in the current not the squad but the entirety of the club the players all over the world there must be some you know solid good goalkeepers that they can come in and mm-hmm. give them a chance. What's the point of having them all? And and have you much have you managed to watch a lot of the the preseason for Chelsea at the moment? And the reason why I'm asking that is that uh, there's a lot of talk about the lad Nicholas Jackson that they brought in, yeah. who, who who can play up front. Um, I know. Preseason, not really much to kind of shout about, but he's looked very, very sharp, and he's gotten in about in about the goals um, from what I've seen. Yeah, I've seen a fair bit, uh, Jamie, and I, I, I noted his name down. I do, I do like him. Like you say, it's preseason, so it's yeah. you can't really put any weight on it. But <clears throat> he's he's very, very composed in and around the box, um, very, very strong. Like you say, he scored a couple of goals. I think there's been five goal involvements in pre-season, which is pretty good. So, yeah, I would like to see him. I'm hoping to start him when the season okay. kicks off. I'd like to see him with either alongside Nkuku or on his so own. You, I was going to ask, then, how, how have they been lining up? Has it been one up the top of the three, whether it's playing as a front three, or do you think they play like a 4-4-2? Four, four, 
I would say probably closer to a four four two, but I think it's probably an adaptable one that changes, uh, you know, like a dynamic formation as yep. the game goes on, because there seemed to be a lot of shift and a lot of bout. Plus, there was a lot of tactical changes because they're friendly. So sometimes they weren't starting, sometimes they would go with two, sometimes they would have and Cuckoo just dropping off them. Yeah. So it was quite hard to get a gauge for it. But I'd read today uh, that they were trying to, well, Juventus were trying to push a loan, a, a swap deal. Sorry with Lukaku staying in Inter and Vlahovic coming the other way with a bit of money, obviously. So I don't know if that will happen or not. I don't even know if they need it, but... I'm a big fan of Vlahovic. I think he's brilliant. He, I, I was disappointed he didn't go to Arsenal the first time around because I was looking forward to seeing him in the Premier League. I think I think realistically, though, we'd probably end up at a team like PSG or something, though, because they're going to be looking a bit for strikers soon, aren't they? Um, yeah, sorry, I just said going back to Inter. I meant going to Juventus. To go back to Juventus, yeah. Skip, skip Inter and come to Juventus. I don't know if there's any truth in it, but it was on like reputable sources. Yeah, I'd love to see it happen, but I don't know. But even that, and this is not to kind of take it off in a different direction, but even that sounds like a mad one. Like, it was last season that Lukaku was sent off for being abused, racist abuse from the Juventus fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and then to go and sign for them, potentially, that sounds absolutely crazy. But yeah. I mean, let's say it was yeah. on... It wasn't just, you know, some random yeah. talking about it. But I'd agree. It sounds a wee bit, uh, a wee bit too much. I don't, I don't think Chelsea get it at this point, do they? I think they just want him off the books. I, I think they have to. They have to cut yeah. their losses. Um, you know, it's just it's just every season he's there, he's just costing more and more money. They can sell him now, take the loss and just move on. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the last one on the Chelsea that I've seen from yesterday, and arguably probably one of the most important ones, is that they've managed to talk um, the young lad, Levi Colwell, into apparently taking a new six-year deal. Now, the reason why I'm talking about that is that Liverpool have been massively interested in Colwell. I think Brighton have already had two failed bids for Colwell. He was arguably one of the best centre-halves at the Under-21 tournament. This lad looks a bright future, doesn't he? He looks like he's really got it. It looks excellent, mate. And yeah, there was a lot of interest. So I think tying them down long term was, was smart. I imagine it's probably cost them, like we spoke about before. Even now, it doesn't have to be full on um, tournaments like the World Cup or the Euros, even the under 21s. If they have a good tournament, it just inflates yeah. everything. They've seen it with He, did, he didn't even play a full season for Brighton last year, did he, when he was on loan for them? No. No, and we, the, the lad that signed for Burnley, the goalkeeper, names escape me. Uh, that was another price that would have been inflated because, you know, of a good a good tournament. That one penalty save. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's that's the crazy thing. That's all it needs. It just puts the stock through the roof. Mm-hmm. But no, I agree. He's, for his age, he's very, very, very composed. So I would hope we, we push him through and, and start using him more often because what they have there is far from inspiring. Yeah, but the opportunity's there now, isn't it? Because the Fafana's done his ACL um, and going to be out until the new year at least, so you would argue that he should be now playing, he should be starting alongside Thiago Silva. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen another one with David Chelsea as well. They were looking to, it was a right back. Yeah, the French lad, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, they're really pushing that because, like you say, Fafana's injured (laughs) and the other lad's injured as well. Um, so they're, they're, they're struggling there. So uh, I think that's maybe one they probably pursue that over the over the rest of them. And and 
to move on to the, the you know across across the uh, the park now you've got Tottenham who is is that exactly the same story as it is every week but the reason why we keep bringing it up is that the longer this goes on the more treacherous this gets for both sides and what I mean is that Harry Kane is apparently so apparently Daniel Levy had meetings with the Bayern Munich hierarchy today which means that there's solid interest there and there's solid talks happening that would lead you to believe that this deal is potentially going to get done. Now, that seems great, but the league starts next week and Tottenham still don't have a potential replacement if this is what's going to happen. I know we talked a bit last week on how much of a challenge that's going to be for Postacoglu, but even for Tottenham, you know, as, as a general... This Kane saga is just dripping on and on and on, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's messy. Um, I read today, same as you, the, the, the initial report I read this morning was the same thing about him meeting with the Bayern officials. Mm-hmm. And then it was, they reckoned they were about 20 million off. Levy wants 100. I think Bayern were offering about 80. Um, but then I read not long before the pod, that they were actually closer, that now Bayern were offering something, I think it was something like 92, um, and plus add-ons, and Levy also wanted a, a buyback clause. If he comes back to the Premier League, they get first shot. Um, but you know, listen, we know what Levy's like. Um, we yeah. know that he is he's very hard to budge. So, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss like I said to you listen he's carried Spurs for years yeah with no disrespect to the rest of them they would never have came close to the league finishes they've had if he was not in that side take him out without nothing to step in it must be the worst possible start for for Ange I don't think it gets any worse than that plus what does he do does he go and sign right now and then Kane stays and obviously we don't know if he's going to have any funding to go and do that, or is it a case that you can only replace Kane if we actually sell him, and then you can go and get him, but then, like you say, there's no time. Do you not think there's an there's argument no. to say they should have another They should have another person in anyway? And what I mean should. is, you know, Madison's obviously come in brilliant, but he doesn't play striker. Kulisevsky, they've signed, he doesn't play striker. You've got Richardson's son who arguably could go through the same season as what they did last season, which was about eight goals between them. They need more than Kane. If Kane does his ACL tomorrow, they still need the same issue. They've still got the same issue, haven't they? They've never really had um, good backup. They had, well, they mm-hmm. brought Dan Juma in, 
um, last year, which I think he played a couple of league cup games. He played about 19 minutes, didn't he? Premier League 19 yeah. minutes. So he never really got a chance to do anything because it's because they rely so heavily on Kane. Mm-hmm. Kane, if they're losing a game um, by the off chance that he's on the bench, when he's not on the bench very often, he's on in no time um, because they always rely on him. So the backup doesn't really get a sniff. But absolutely, there's nothing there. Um, so even if Kane does go, then that pretty much be be like opening an empty cupboard. There's n- there's nothing in it. So I, I, I don't suppose, know. I suppose they've been doing that for a while for the trophy cabinet, haven't they? Yeah, but then that's when you come back to to Daniel Levy, and that's where the yeah. question to go. I don't think you can put them to the manager. Nowadays, the managers don't get a hell of a lot to say, and you know what comes in it tends to be the board will offer a list of players, and you know, you know this is who we're looking at. Is there any preference kind of thing? If he's lucky, that's about all you'll get. So, I, I think amazing. I think Tottenham have potentially missed a trick with this, and what I mean by that is that Bayern Munich have got an abundance of talent that theoretically could have used as a bargaining chip. Like, imagine if Bayern came to the table and said, "Like, we're about fifty million plus Serge Gnabry or fifty million mm-hmm. plus Leroy Sané." Like, they are wingers that want to play up front. They've got age on the side. They've astute. We know what they're like in the Premier League. There's an argument that says that, you know, could they have not done something like that as opposed to just, just flat-out money? Because I've, you've kind of got the feeling that if they... Let's just say they spend, they sell Harry Kane next week for 100 mil. Right, 100 mil, brilliant. But then they just turn into West Ham, don't they? They're walking about with 100 million going, yeah. who wants money? And everybody's going to be- cost you 100 million. Then you've got to be convinced that Daniel Levy wants to spend that back into the squad. <laughs> yeah. You know that's that's by yeah. no means a a, a a solid deal. You know that's not in concrete. So yeah, I'd, like you say, there's not just thinking about it right now. Even the, the midfielders, and they have some fantastic midfielders, but none of them are forwards. Um, I don't even think the play, <clears throat> they maybe had Sun playing as a fault line a few times, yeah. but I think that's about it. So. But I think they need a, the way Spurs play, they need a well. They usually rely on a target man. You know, Kane's like a, a get out for them. Maybe Angel changes style. Quite possibly. Um, seen his style when he was in Scotland. You know, very very on the front foot and attacking. But when you lose your your star power and your main striker, I think that puts a span on the world. I think what they're going to be guilty of, and we've said this a few times over the years about numerous teams, is that. They didn't improve while everybody else around them was improving. Yeah, you know what I mean. And, and, you know, and and we can talk. I think we spent a lot of time last week talking about Aston Villa. I don't know if you've seen within preseason they've spent, they've played a lot of really good teams, you know, Premier League teams, and they're, they're mm-hmm. scoring bright loads of goals. Um, I was actually quite surprised that the lad Diaby is playing so high up. He's actually playing as alongside Watkins as opposed to a winger. I know when he was at Leverkusen, he played a lot, you know, opposite wing to Havertz. He's literally playing as another striker for Aston Villa mm. at the moment, and he's already got himself a couple of goals. Again, these are people, these are players that are that look as though they're doing the business, and you just think Tottenham could get caught with the pants down a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, I think they already uh, have, Jamie. I think yeah. I think the pants are firmly down and have been for about three seasons. Um, as I said, like you just said, you've hit the nail on the head. They don't spend a lot. Uh, no. Usually it's either a loan with the option to buy um, or just a loan. 
and even when they do spend, it's not huge amounts. So I think they do. They do need to invest. Um, I think the stadium probably put, you know, caused a lot of issues with that with the spending, which is fair enough. But you can't have it both ways. They want to compete. They want to be up there. They want to be at least Champions League places. They, they still but, got to a Champions League final with those restraints. Yeah. But if yeah, you're not man. investing, mm-hmm. it does, it's not going to keep improving. It's kind of where I'm coming from. Yeah. There has to be some kind of leeway, leeway there at some point. So, yeah. Uh, badly need to, to get that one over either over the line or keep them there. One of the two. Yeah. Um, staying within London. Um uh, another team that I've been looking really good is Arsenal. Um, the shock news, and I'm going to call it shock because, you know, I don't think anybody could have seen this coming, um, was that Arsenal have apparently agreed terms with the Brentford goalkeeper, David Raya, who was apparently being touted to Bayern Munich. However, Raya fancies a trip to Arsenal. Now, the reason why I'm saying shock is that, I mean, David Raya is a kind of goalkeeper and he has been for about two seasons now from what we've seen when he came up with Brentford but I don't think Ramsdale's done anything wrong I don't think Ramsdale's done anything to warrant that kind of level of you used it earlier what did you say that healthy competition I does it not does that, does that not seem a position that was okay for Arsenal or am I missing something here no, I, I think it's a bizarre one as well. Um, I think Raya is probably the most sought-after keeper in the league mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, and rightly, I mean, I was looking at his stats today. Uh, it was for last season, he was like number one for, I think it was four or five of the, they know, the top stats. Um, saves made, saves from outside the box, touches, long passes made, that kind of thing. He was number one in them all. Yeah, And he's doing that at Brentford. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, definitely... Um, a good signing for somebody, but do Arsenal need them? Forty million, apparently. I mean, I forty million to me. I don't think that's a bad price. As no, I, I would agree. I would agree. But if I told you Arsenal were going to go spend forty million on a backup keeper or a potential yeah, backup yeah. keeper, that's that's the bit that absolutely frazzles me, and I'm going yeah. really. I would agree. Listen, you don't. Well, for me, looking, you know, impartial to Arsenal. To me, signing right at this point is, I wouldn't. Say, see many clubs sign on as backup and mm-hmm. um, that's the scary part you know I mean is it intent I suppose so but like you said as well to be fair to, to Ramsdale I thought it was excellent last season mm-hmm. I mean he had a couple of clangers but for the most part some of his saves were ridiculous I actually heard one I heard one on one phone in and it, it was kind of funny because actually I agreed with some of the comments and then I didn't agree with some and one of the comments was somebody said he's been brought to this healthy competition um, to to keep Ramsdale on his toes, but then you think about it, you go, well, the fact that he's actually highlighted Raya as the one that he wants to bring in tells you that he's made his mind up. He wants Raya. Why would you want Raya to then potentially bench him? Surely you're bringing him in to say, you know, you're going to give him some kind of assurement that he's your number one. He's the one that you want in goal, or else why would he come? That, to, that would be my question. Yeah, considering to, so many people are looking at him. Look at him. Why would they want to go Bayern Munich are about to lose their goalkeeper Jan Sommer to Inter Milan for about thirteen million, and apparently they've been looking at David Raya, and apparently David Raya would prefer to go to Arsenal. I just don't get that. that. I don't. Yeah, get that. it seems like madness. Unless, yeah. like you said, unless he's had some kind of assurance or something else has happened that we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, 
at this point of where he is, he has huge stock right now. He's had a great yes. season and he could earn an excellent move and be number one. So why would you go and be number two? Mm-hmm. I don't really get it either. For both standpoints, really. Yeah, the, the the one the one take that I just don't agree with, uh, well, I do agree with, but not to their level. It was one Arsenal fan had said that Ramsdale's too emotional. I quite like that about him. <laughs> he is emotional, but I quite like that about him. I think he, I think he, it shows that he gives a shit. He enjoys his game. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that being a bad trait. Really, I was like, I was a bit stunned by that. Going really, he's emotional, like. And I think somebody said, oh, he cost his games last year. And I'm thinking, did he really? I don't think he did. I can't remember him costing the game. I remember there was the Bournemouth game where he where he, he spilled one. Mm-hmm. But they didn't lose the league because they didn't beat Bournemouth. No. Do you know, do you had, know what I mean? He had a couple of clangers, but we're talking over the course of a long season. Yeah. And his positives far outweighed any of that. And there's not a keeper in the league that didn't have at least a couple of clients. So, yeah, yeah I don't and think I, any I, of that I, can be put on him. Yeah, and I don't believe the narrative that you need two goalkeepers to go into the Champions League because you don't play one in the league and one in the Champions League. Not two, not two of that calibre. Mm. I mean, only one team do that, and that was Chelsea. You would have Mendy in the Champions League and Kepa in the league, and that got them nowhere. So I don't, I'm, I'm not a believer. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it just makes no sense. I think I think that's a massive. I, I think he's a great goalkeeper. He's been brilliant for about two years. He's obviously wanting a bigger move. He's got bigger moves on the table. I'm very very surprised that forty million to Arsenal is the deal that apparently is going to be the one that goes across the line. Yeah, like I say, I'd just be surprised by it. Um, that probably even I would say more so from his point of view. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think he could be number one for one of the top leagues in Europe, um, top teams in Europe. Sorry. <laughs> so, what's he going to do? Go there and play cup games? That's one way to lose your stock. Yeah, massively. Um, the, there's there's a few trade. There's been a few transfers, uh, shall we say, with the lesser, the lesser teams. And I'm lesser teams. I'm meaning Everton's and Fulham's, and there's there's obviously been a bit of trading. I think uh, I think Demore Grease moved on to from Everton. I think he's apparently subject to a bid. But the one that surprised me, I don't know if you've seen this one, John. Um, Sheffield United have agreed to sell their star player from last season um, to um, a French team. I think it's like Rennes for like 13 million. The lad and die. Mm-hmm. I think he scored something like 14 league goals for them last season. He's a young lad. I think he's about 23 years old. But for some reason, well, they they said on the last day of the season, he's buzzing to come to the Premier League. He's going to be our main man. And I was looking forward to seeing him in the league. But apparently on Monday, they agreed a transfer to a French team for 13 million. Not that I'm asking you to know anything about that player, but that could, those kind of transfers surely shouldn't be happening when you're trying to survive in the Premier League. You don't sell your best players, do you? No. Um, I suppose, though, sometimes it's you know it's unavoidable. You don't know what the player's intentions are. Um, if you've got a player trying to force a move and being really arsy about it, granted, you can stop them. You know, mm-hmm. the contract did, you can tell them what to do, but they could easily just down tools. Anything could have happened behind the scenes. I would probably guess that something maybe has, because like you say, why would you sell? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was getting a chance to play in the Premier League. Um, me, for me, it's a better setting. 
by quite a stretch than mm -hmm. League One. Um, so why would they want to do that? And it's quite a, it's, it's not really much. At the end of the day, they are a Premier League team now. Granted, yeah. they haven't kicked the ball yet, but they are a Premier League team. So, what did you say, 13 million? I, 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 I think it was like 13, 14 million, which doesn't get you much in today's market. No. No, it almost screams like trying to offload, but I'm not, I, I don't really know why. Um, yeah. A few players, I think Sheffield United, maybe two or three standouts for last year. Um, so that, that would be a huge loss for them. And again, you're back to the same scenario. They Not a lot of time to, to yeah. replace it. Yeah. And I think the reason why I was asking that is that we've obviously not spent a lot of time talking on the podcasts about the teams that have come up because there's still a lot of the great unknowns. And what I mean by that is everybody's got to remember Sheffield United and what they were like in the Premier League. But it's, from what I've seen last season, there's nowhere near the same team. It's nowhere near the same kind of people. They don't play the same, you know, that strong in the challenge where you're, you're throwing your belly shops 30 minutes from the end to see a gamer or nick yourself mm -hmm. a penalty. I think Sheffield United going to struggle in the new season. With Luton are completely unknown because I think Luton's squad will be by far one of the weakest, but for somehow because it's the whole kind of with, I think they'll start. I think they'll they'll steal points. They'll steal the the nil nils or the one nil wins if you know against some of the big games because it's that nostalgia. Into it. It's that pure euphoria of, of kind of having Premier League football at your own stadium. There's always a few dodgy results in, and I'm, I'm I'm looking at things like do you remember when Blackpool came up? So they somehow pulled kind of results off that we didn't understand. I think Luton are going to do somewhat okay there, but is there any teams that actually worry you in terms of what they have or what they haven't done going into the new season? And, you know, I'm going to call it, I'm going to say Everton are right in there. I think West Ham are right in there. I think Wolves are right in there. I'm not necessarily bothered about Bournemouth because I think Bournemouth have been doing okay with their buys. You know, they've been building since last year. We don't know much about the new manager, but is there anything that does worry you on, on, on the scope of things? Um, Going back to the original team, Luton do worry me. Um, I think I don't mean to worry me. I just think they're going to really, really struggle. Yeah. Um, I mean they've came up, you know, pretty much very, very fast through through the 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 bottom, the bottom of the barrel, and they've came right up and they've done fantastic. So all credit to them for that. But this is a huge step against yeah. clubs who are very established and have a hell of a lot more resources in them. Pretty much every. Well, actually, every team in that league will have far more resources in them. Plus, plus Luton are building this new stadium. That's mm -hmm. more money. And they've just had to invest however many million to upgrade their current stadium to make it up to Premier League standards. So they're not going to have much money. And who they have signed is, you know, it's all either lower leagues or a couple of loans. Genuine. Nobody, yeah, nobody that jumps out. I say that with respect. Um, so I think they're going to struggle. Bournemouth... I think they might have a tough time sacking that man. So. Their manager was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. um, I think it was absolutely ridiculous, considering what they had to 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 go with. They, they finished the season. He done well, you know. I think most of us thought they were going to be one of the ones gone. Um, and like you say, we don't know the new manager how things will go. But unless he gets has a fantastic season, you know, I wouldn't be holding on to your, your job that hard, mate, because you're probably going to be next. Um, Everton do this every year. 
So I'm not going to say they're going to toil. I'm not going to say they're going to go down. Because every time I do it, they end up kicking me firmly where they shouldn't. So, yeah, I ain't going to call them out. They never sign well. What, apparently, young apparently Dan, Dan, Dan June was apparently done. Yeah, it's so. a done deal. Um, but is it not? Is not alone. It's a loan deal, isn't it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, sure it is. it's. it's it, it, I, I would it's say it's goals. Yes. Yeah. It's probably, yeah. I'm sure it's a loan deal. That's 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 done. Ashley Young's came in, so that might keep them up. <laughs> keep them up. Yeah, the satire there. Yeah, I was just waiting. For I'll keep that. I'm just I'm sitting on that one. Michael. Yeah. Did you still sign nobody? Yeah. And that squad was awful last season. How they, the you know, they should be down, but they're not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they've stayed up again. Can they do it again with what they've brought in? And they've had a fair exodus. They got rid of quite a few players. Uh, your favourite player left, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he didn't take the contract <laughs> extension. Um, shit house of shit house, um, he moved yeah. on. Yeah, so they've, they've cleared out a lot and they've brought not much in into a squad that was already thin mm-hmm. and had no quality of depth. So I think this has to, you know what, I'm going to come into it right now. They are, I'm gone. Bad season forever. Apologies to all your fans, but <laughs> I'm just not feeling it. I'll take that. Um, and, and and flip the question then. So, who? What are you most excited to see? Um, is it is it more more Haaland or is it Haaland version two or what? <clears throat> Chelsea four point oh. Uh, I'm bored of Haaland already. <laughs> yeah, you know, fantastic. No, the Nordic meat sheet is a phenomenon, but there's only so many times I can hear this record's been broken. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing an improved Chelsea. Um, okay. I said that improved. last season. Well, I said at the, the back end when we had the last pod when the season ended, I said that I was convinced we'd see a stronger Chelsea next year. I don't mean they're going to be exactly where they were, but they're going to be better than... Do you mean stronger performance there. from the people that were there or stronger because of what no. they brought in? I think what they brought in, I think they've signed far more sensibly this time. Okay. But the, the players that they did bring in last season, they never gelled, and we've seen that. Um, they never ever gelled. But this pre-season, I know pre-season means nothing, but they have <laughs> looked much more gelled. Modric's okay. been flying, and Cuckoo's looked good, Jackson's looked good, um, and we see the... Oh, it's looking like the lads for the South American lads, and I'm going to get a chance. I wasn't convinced they were, but it's looking like they will. That the young lad Sanchez? Yeah, he, he played the other day. <clears throat> Um, so I think uh, I think they'll be improved, and I, I just it would be nice to see more than two racing away for okay. a, a challenge. You know, maybe add Liverpool into that mix again. I think they've got a chance to be up there. Um, I would like to see that just for a wee bit more. You know, a wee bit more thrill. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be that's what I would be most excited to see. I think I'm looking forward to seeing. I say looking forward is probably not the right word, but I'm intrigued to see how Man City get on because they've done the treble. How do you then remotivate yourself? They've arguably lost two of the most influential players, and in, in Gundogan and Mares. Now Mares, I think, don't think got half the respect that he deserved at that place. The amount of goals he scored, Champions League nights, and important goals. You know, during the Premier League, he was a starter for me. 
and he's obviously joined uh, El Nasir, I think it is, or El Hatiad. Um, I think those are big, big shoes to fill for anybody coming in, and I don't see anybody coming in at the moment. There's obviously a lot of talk about the the lad Radial that seems to have had a bit of a stumbling block. Um, yeah. I still expect that deal to go across the line, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the last day of the season that went on. And if that's the case, what are they doing about the other positions? Does that mean El Julio Alvarez gets more game time? Does that mean Phil Vaughan gets more game time? Potentially. Then you th- then the squad becomes more thinner because those were your backup players. And if they're going to be your main players, what are your backup players going to look like? So I, I'm intrigued to see how. So I'm not necessarily convinced that is City will run away with it the way that they have done. Um, I, I, obviously, I'm going to, always going to call it the fact that Liverpool got a new midfield. I, I'm really excited. Alexis McAllister has been outstanding. The games I've seen him so far, um, just he looks natural um, in the midfield. He really does. I think Sobersly will get the headlines because of the. the his attacking prowess, he, he, he kind of joins the attack like a fourth striker um, which is really always good, but Alexis McAllister, he does the Modric stuff, if that makes sense, he sits behind and pulls the strings, I really, really like him so far, um, it, for me it depends who's sitting behind him, kind of keeping him, you know, on the straight and narrow so I mean, I, I do think it'll be more of a I think Man United will be in there, I think it'll be more of a four horse race um, I don't think Tottenham are going to get anywhere near it I think Arsenal are going to be the one for me I don't know. They 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 overperformed so much last season, and what I mean by that is, I think they set a points record by Christmas. You know, having the most points by that time period, that the record had been there for something like twenty years. It hadn't been that high in terms of points to gained at that point of the season, but then they fell away. To ask them to do the same thing again, I don't know. It just it just beggar's belief that they can just go pick up the mantle and go straight forward um, but I do think there's a lot of ifs and buts I do also believe that there's some kind of transfer merry-go-round is about to hit the, hit the, the spanners, whether it's Kane leaving and all the strikers start changing around whether it's all these goalkeepers start moving around but I think it's going to be a mad scramble again for the end of the window as well which seems mental when you think about the summer we've had. Um, you know, plenty of time for train transfers to happen that just don't seem to have happened as yet. It's always the same, isn't it? Always yeah. goes absolutely bonkers. I would agree on Man City. Um said that when it first came out about Gundogan going. Um, yeah. You were a big fan of him, weren't you? Yeah, uh, I just think he, he, he's a bit like Marley's. I think he was underrated. Um mm-hmm. and especially for the running at the back end of last season, he was fantastic. Um Held a lot of goals, uh, goal involvement, but also just a really, really good player. And I mean, he's, he, he practically won the he, pra- he practically won the league from two years ago, didn't he? Remember that yeah. he went through that Christmas period when he got something like nine goals and in, in about two months yeah. or something. Well, he done similar at the back end of that season. I don't mm. know if he was prolific, but he, he had a really good run. Um, and then Mares is away again. I agree with you. Um, he's probably not utilised as much for City, but. Like Champions League and things like that, he was outstanding. Um, yeah. And yeah, again, just a really good player. It's it's madness to think that they've lost him and uh, Marys and Gundogan for what thirty million. One's a season, <laughs> one's thirty. Yeah. Um, which just feels like peanuts, doesn't it? Um, so yeah, they have lost some of that because they've always had that quality of depth, a really really star-studded bench, and that's two of them gone. Um, Foden definitely will get more game time. I mm. think that's probably one of the main reasons they allowed those moves to happen, especially Maris. I think they want to rely more heavily on Foden. Foden. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's not huge. It's only I mean, looking at who they've lost. It's really two main players. Because the, the Bernardo Silva, obviously, that never came to fruition. Yeah. I mean, it's still uh, time. That, that, that one looks to be dead in the water, doesn't it? I don't think he's yeah. going to sign that one off. I think with Gundogan away and Mahrez away, <clears> they might try and push them to, to stay where he is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, be interesting to see how they come out. I think Villa as well. I like to see how they do. Yeah. I think they're a team that are constantly improving, especially under Emery. I think they'll be exciting to watch. Yeah, um, I've seen uh, Pau Torres and Sanchez started at centre-back for them a couple of times as well. So I think Unai Emery will be probably looking to that to be his partnership. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely getting the best out of them at the moment, isn't he? They look a team on fire. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how starts. Um well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. We've, we've looked at that, Johnny. Nobody else is here, and we've managed to finish under the time lot instead of going over. I blame Colin. I think he normally does, takes us over. Um, but we will, as I said, the, prom, the, the Premier League kicks off a week on Friday. Um, we will do another podcast before a week on Friday, probably around about this time next week. Um, and what we'll be looking to do is maybe do like a, a like an early early preseason predictions in terms of top goal scorer, um, who's going to be the best teams, who's going to be the worst teams, who's going to get relegated, and what we'll do is we'll kind of we'll bank those questions and kind of come back to them. If you guys have got any thoughts, then please leave comments. These will obviously be plastered all over YouTube, so you're more than welcome to ask us any questions, and we can kind of bring them into the next shows. Um, but for me, uh, it'd be very nice, uh, Johnny, just to say thank you very much for spending some time talking about football. I know you'll love it as much as I do. Yeah, can't get enough, mate. I appreciate your meal. Thank you. Good man. Um, I think mum and dad will be back next week, so uh, we'll see how we get on. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, guys, if you got any comments, leave it in the leave it in the, the comments on YouTube. For us. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Um, have a good night. See ya. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.